Have you ever dreamed of becoming an interior designer? You don't want to go back to university, you don't want to work for a large firm, but you just don't know how to get started. You want flexibility, you want to pursue your passion, and you want to make income. Well, you should definitely check out the Uploft Interior Design Academy. It's my proprietary program that I've used internally for years and have made available to the public. Not only do you get video modules that you can take at your own pace, but you also get one-on-one coaching sessions with me, group coaching sessions with our Facebook group of Academy students, and so much more. If you're interested, Get more information and sign up for an exploratory call with me at affordableinteriordesign.com slash academy. Once again, that's affordableinteriordesign.com slash academy. It's time to start living the life of your dreams. high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy Hellman. how are you guys doing what's going on out there as an extrovert i am missing connection i am missing having people over for dinner having people walk by the storefront and running out and saying hey long time no see It feels really weird to not even be able to smile because I have a mask on. So people can't even see that I'm trying to uh, connect in some way. Are you feeling a lack of connection? It's been strange. And also I wanted to really express a lot of gratitude. So many listeners have reached out and said, Betsy, we are thinking of you. Betsy, thank you for your podcasts. We look forward to them each week. And that really makes recording worthwhile. Additionally, you've been asking, how can we help? What can we do? And the main way you can support me and this podcast during this time is to become a premium member. That premium membership does really sustain us, especially during this time when everything has ground to a halt and where I really want to make a focus keeping this podcast going. Of course, there's lots of other directions in which I am pulled from homeschooling to figuring out how we're going to get groceries to trying to pivot with my business to trying to get enough work to get my staff back on board. There's so much going on, but I still want to make this podcast a priority. So if you want to help, if you want to support us, please go to affordableinteriordesign.com. You'll find the podcast page. It's affordableinteriordesign.com backslash podcast. And there you can click and become a premium member for as little as $5.99 a month. You can really support us. And if you want to dive all in, a year membership to the premium model is $49.99. And that really keeps us on the airwaves. Additionally, you'll get access to our entire archive of bonus episodes. A new episode is released every single month. So there's like over 50 on there. And in those episodes, I get a little more personal. 
I share a few more details. I talk about clients I'm working on. I talk about project challenges, things I don't widely share here, things that belong to a smaller audience due to their more sensitive nature. So I hope you will listen up there because right now I have some really compelling projects and I'm recording another bonus episode in the coming days. All right, guys, thanks again for all your support. And let me pivot to your questions because lots of those have been flowing in as well, which I totally appreciate. They not only inspire me, but they give me the content for this podcast. So keep them coming. Send those questions to info at affordableinteriordesign.com. All right, my first question comes from Kara who writes, Betsy, I've been watching various things on YouTube and it popped into my head that AID TV will launch soon. I am so excited for that. All the best wishes as it gets going. Here is a question for the podcast. I'm a premium member, by the way. And you know why Kara is mentioning that she's a premium member is as such, her question gets bumped to the top of the mailbag. So even though I have nearly 30 questions swirling around in here, she just sent hers in a few days ago and I'm gonna answer it straight away. Another perk of being a premium member. Kara asks, where are some good places to buy accent chairs? We need a new one for our family room, so it must be comfortable, durable, and of course, I'd like it to be stylish. My style is transitional. Where do you recommend that I look? Thanks, I hope all is well for you. And again, I'm very much looking forward to AID TV. Sincerely, Kara. So a month ago, Kara, maybe even two months ago, As this whole virus was kicking in, as I saw the phone lines stop ringing, as I noticed that business was certainly slowing, I said, okay, I am going to launch this AID TV. It's the perfect pause where I can give lots of attention to something else. And right I was. I can give lots of attention to my two kids, second and third graders, who need a lot of homeschooling and a lot of attention. I can help my household. I can try and ramp up my business. I have been so busy with these other tasks, not to mention the fact that I had to let all six of my staff members go, which means that I really am picking up all of that now. We're definitely not back to normal, but we're busy enough that for the work of six to land on my shoulders is more than I bargained for. All that is to say that AID is coming along more slowly than I had hoped, and I do anticipate recording episodes before the end of this month and having them up, but I am also giving myself a lot of grace during this time because what I thought would be a calm fertile ground for me to explore new horizons has actually been a pretty turbulent time and I've been facing a general lack of inspiration. Some might call it a mild depression, but there's certainly grief going on as well as distraction, as well as personal overwhelm, as well as a little bit of work overwhelm. And all of that has really taken me by surprise. Are you guys feeling any of that? And this uncertainty has also really got me in a tailspin. If only I knew when it would end, if only I knew how it would go, well, I think I could really dig in more wholeheartedly to something. I listen every day to Cuomo's, our governor here in New York, Governor Cuomo's addresses to the state. I wait anxiously for it, like it's a new drop on Netflix or something. And I just keep waiting for someone to tell me what's happening next. And in 
unfortunately, nobody can predict that. I do have a couple of predictions that I will share on my bonus podcast this month of where I think the coronavirus will direct the interior design landscape. I do feel like there's going to be seismic shifts in interior design and interior design companies. And I'm already seeing those shifts and people that are calling. I can't wait to share my thoughts with you on our premium membership bonus episodes. All right, back to your question about dining chairs. Typically, I have some go-to places for dining chairs. Or I'm sorry, for furniture in general, excuse me. I have go-to places for furniture pieces in general, and I do not have such sources for dining chairs. When I'm shopping for dining chairs for my clients, the first question I ask is what material will it be made out of? If it's wood or metal, I can find them at so many amazing and affordable places like Target, Overstock, Wayfair, Hayneedle, Joss and Maine. These are all places where I could find great quality, low-priced, hard dining chairs. When you get into upholstered dining chairs, well, it gets more complicated. Very few of my clients are fine with fabric dining chairs. I hardly ever go there anymore. Like, I just don't recommend fabric dining chairs because, of course, they have issues with spills and stains. It's not exclusively my clients who have kids either. I myself spill more than most of my family, and I wouldn't trust myself on a fabric dining chair. Whenever I go over to dinner at people's houses and I'm on a fabric dining chair, I make sure to lay the napkin out, like really spread it over my lap like a blanket because I don't want to take the chance that I am going to drop some marinara on their lovely blue velvet dining chairs. I prefer a leather or a pleather dining chair. That's what I have in my home. I got my pleather dining chairs from bellacore.com, another very affordable site that had the style and color I was looking for, which is like an off-white pleather tone that has worked so well for my family. They look as good as the day that I purchased them. That being said, they feel like pleather. They look like pleather. And when my kids are over the age of 18, I'll probably go to fabric dining chairs. You know, I love Pottery Barn, but they're pricey. I love West Elm, so pricey for dining chairs. It's surprising how much their dining chairs cost while some of their other items are more affordable. I would really just type in the color that you're looking for type in the type of upholstery you're looking for and see what pops up. That's how I shop for my clients. And then I put an additional filter on, which is to kind of weed out any poorly reviewed dining chairs. And if I am ordering from one of those more affordable sites, I will not take a chance on dining chairs that don't have any reviews. Instead, I will only recommend four or five star dining chairs. Now I know what you guys are thinking, Betsy, not all of those reviews are legit. And I am totally aware of that. But I look for ones that have a lot of reviews because hopefully Wayfair is not paying thousands of people to write fake reviews. That's my two cents, Kara, and keep waiting, keep looking, don't lose faith. I will be launching AID TV soon, giving myself some grace. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Are you a fan of this podcast? 
Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com, click on podcast to learn more, and to become a premium member today. Okay, my next question is from another premium member, and just like Kara's, hers popped right to the top of the mailbag. This is from Vanessa, and she writes, Hi Betsy, I am a big fan of your podcast, and I recently became a premium member. Thank you so much for continuing to chat with us during this crazy time. I just bought a new home and sure could use your advice. The previous owners painted some of the trim, but left the rest of it wood-toned. For example, the great room that I show you in this photo from the listing with the seller's furnishings has white crown molding, but wood-toned baseboards and wood-toned trim. I learned from your podcasts that this is a no-no. It should all be the same color. I want to paint it all white, but does that include the doors? There are pretty doors in the back right corner. Would it look weird to keep those wood-toned? If so, can the doors be painted the same glossy white as the trim, or do I need to buy new doors? Yes, Vanessa, you have been listening and listening well. I am proud of you. If molding is painted, you need to keep it consistent, and ideally you would paint the rest of the molding. That being said, painting molding, painting trim, painting doors is something that's very hard to undo. Once you go there, you can't undo it easily. It's expensive, time-consuming to strip paint off of wood. This space has a lot of that honey-type wood tone. The floor is the same tone as the windowsills, as the door frames, as the baseboards, and of course you mentioned the crown is white. It's a lot. I mean, it feels kind of a log cabiny in here with all the visible wood tone. Additionally, the blinds are white, so that feels pretty incongruous to me that you have these white wooden slat blinds on these honey-framed windows. If I lived here, if I was guiding you, which I am, I would tell you to paint everything white. Um, not the walls, of course. We're just referring to the trim, the baseboards, the doors. And yes, you can paint those doors. I love the craftsman-like framing and detailing on these beautiful doors. I would definitely paint them in the same high, or you don't have to do high gloss. You could do semi-gloss, white paint that you did for the trim and moldings. It needs to be consistent, and I think it will really lighten and brighten this space. You do have such gorgeous windows and doors, but I think it will serve to highlight them and I think you'll be happy that you did paint them. So let me know what you decide, but now you know my two cents. My next question comes from Holly. 
Holly writes, Hi Betsy, I checked out your wonderful book at the library, but I've had to return it, and now our libraries are closed due to the pandemic. My daughter would like to paint her room a purple or pink. She is 10. Would you be able to tell me the names of Benjamin Moore colors recommended in purple and pink? We painted in gray owl based on your recommendation from your book, and I love how it turned out. Thank you, Holly Newell. Oh, sorry. I don't usually say last names. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Holly. Whew. Okay, there we go. Um. Okay, so, Holly, I have my book right here. You can get it, too. Just go online to Amazon.com or to my website, Affordable Interior Design. You can pop open and click on that link and order the book today. Um, for a kid's room, I would think Peace and Happiness would be a great one. That's Benjamin Moore 1380. I also like Sanctuary, which is Benjamin Moore A is an Apple, F is in Frank 620. Both of those are slightly more mature purples, but they don't read adult space. But you do want to pick something that doesn't feel like a princess palace, right? You want it to be able to grow with her. Ideally, you wouldn't be painting more than once every five years or so. Pinks are a little bit tougher. I prefer the pinks that skew more ballet slipper or blush than bubblegum. The one that I recommend in my book that I think would work well is Love and Happiness, Benjamin Moore, 1191. So I hope that helped, Holly. Uh, let me know what you guys choose. All right. Next email comes from Monica. Monica writes, hi, my name is Monica. I am from Charlotte, North Carolina. I am new to your podcast and I'm new to interior design. The more I listen, the more I love it. I am moving to a two-bedroom apartment soon, in a week, and I am determined to have it feel cozy and put together. I'm renting and will probably be in this apartment for two to three years. I live with my boyfriend and our cat. Attached are pictures of the new apartment and some things from my current apartment. The couch isn't brand new, but my boyfriend's parents are giving it to us for free and it was rarely used. Sorry, just lost my place. I lost my place because some guy just started jackhammering outside. This is the pandemic. Nobody's even on Main Street. This place has been quiet for weeks. And all of a sudden, the one day I decide to record a podcast, somebody starts jackhammering or jigsawing or I'm not sure what's going on. But of course, of course. <sighs> ah, not only giving myself some grace, but giving loud neighbors some grace during this complicated time. All right, let's see here. I would like to try and use this couch to save money. A lot of the things in my current apartment are gray and brown and dark wood. My current living room is filled with an old gray couch, a small gray accent chair, and a white gray rug that is worn down and is not the right size. Ew. I want to avoid these mistakes in our new place. So now that you have a bit of background information, where should the living room couch go? I'm thinking by the left wall and have the TV on the right wall. And then I'll have two accent chairs by the window. What do you think? Or should the couch go along the window and I'll have two accent chairs directly across? I really like the idea of blue accent chairs. All right, so we'll get to your next questions in just a moment. But your first question is about placement of that primary function in the room, which is the sofa and the TV, because we always wanna see the TV from the sofa. 
Now, the one thing I am loath to do on the podcast, the one bit of advice I hate to give is regarding layout. Because with layout, you need to do your due diligence. I need to measure. I need to try every possible option using my master layout system. I go systematically and never not for my own home, not for my clients' homes, not for 15 years of being an interior designer, do I ever just jump to conclusions and go with my instinct on floor plans. I want to know with confidence when I'm buying things, when I'm putting them where they go, they're in the right spot. And I do so using my master layout system, which is too involved for this podcast. It's involved, right? But In this space, it's quite straightforward. I mean, there's only one long usable wall that has a wall opposite it. Because what you're looking for with TV viewing is a parallel relationship. When I'm seated on the sofa, I want directly across from me to have that focal point. Whether it's the TV in this case or a fireplace, I want to be able to look at that focal point from the primary piece of seating, which in this case is the sofa. So it would go on the left wall because if you put the sofa in front of the window wall, there is not another wall across from that window wall. It's an open concept space that opens up into the kitchen, which would mean that it's very far um, to see the TV, but also there's no wall to anchor the TV. So your TV would just be floating on some TV stand with a wire tracing back to the wall. So if you're an avid TV watcher like I am, and please, who isn't an avid TV watcher during this tough time? It's got to go on the left wall. Then you put the TV on the right wall and you're good to go. Vanessa, that was easy. Let's scroll down. Let's scroll down. Or it's not Vanessa. It's Monica now. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. All right, Monica, let me get to your next questions. Next question is... I want there to be some color in this room, but I am so indecisive and I second guess myself. If I were to go with blue accent chairs, I have no idea what color I should get in terms of the rug. We spend a lot of time in the living room, so I want something durable and easy to clean. All right, Monica, I'm going to give you some grace because you are new to this podcast, but you need to be looking for an inspiration piece. I never, and I truly mean never, arbitrarily pick a paint palette, color palette, any palette without thinking of that inspiration piece. When I'm choosing colors for a room, I start with that inspiration piece and I'll give you the definition since it sounds like you may not know it. It is a piece, whether it be the rug, artwork, drapes, pillows, that has three colors or more on which you are going to base all the colors for the room. So first, you'll want to get that really cool piece of art that you may be hanging above the sofa. Or maybe you want to use a rug as your inspiration piece, which I often do because my clients oftentimes don't have artwork that's super meaningful to them. So we don't have that initial starting point. And oftentimes, like you, they want a rug that's durable, that will camouflage stains. And to me, that screams pattern patterned rug, as long as it has three colors or more, can easily serve as your inspiration piece and help you to derive the colors for those accent chairs because you're going to pull three colors from that accent piece. Um, Let's just say it's the rug in this case. You're going to pull three colors from that piece to use for the accent colors around the room. So one of those colors will be used for the armchairs. I hope that helped. Now let's get to this wall decor question. 
You write, I currently have a large brown clock and brown wall mirror, but I'm not sure if I can use them or if I even should. All right. Well, I mean, you definitely have walls, so I think you definitely could use this clock. It's just a matter of where. Um, there's a proportion ratio, which you should be thinking about, where if you're hanging it above a piece of furniture, the width of the wall hanging needs to be 50 to 75% of the width of the piece of furniture it's above. Now, you could certainly just hang this clock arbitrarily and not have it above a piece of furniture, but you're going to need furnishing, so I don't see why you wouldn't use this clock. I'm just not sure where you should put it. And if it's not a priority piece to you, design everything else in the room and just see what walls are left over. You mentioned that you have another dilemma. You write, I want the second bedroom to be a guest bedroom, but my boyfriend wants it to be an office media type area. There has to be a compromise. I'm thinking of getting a day bed with a trundle for guests. I have a TV and a desk. I know that's a lot going on in one room, but I've got to find a way to make it all work. Below is a picture of the guest room. I'm thinking of a small desk by the window, day bed on the back wall, and TV on the opposite wall. Sorry, this is a long email. I just need some help, and I would love to hear back from you. All right. Well, I do appreciate these photos. They are very helpful and soon you will all be able to see them when I launch AIDTV. In terms of the guest room, again, first of all, I only have two pictures to go off of, so I can't fully see the room. And I can't tell you the layout for sure because there's lots of complications. You know, I like to do my due diligence. Um, putting a desk in front of a window has pros and cons. You know, if that window gets a lot of natural light if the sun shines in you may find it hard to see your computer because as you're looking at a computer screen having a bright light behind you is very uncomfortable now the good thing is you have blinds so you could easily close them but that's something i want to draw your attention to additionally the power position in any room if you're seated at a desk is the place in which you can see the main point of access or the entry door from your desk chair typically when you're seated in front of a window staring out the window you would not be able to see that main point of access. And from the pictures I see here, that would be the case in this situation. So you feel more vulnerable, you wonder what's going on behind you, it leads to distractions, and it's not optimum if you're really going to do a lot of serious work here. So I question that placement as well. The other thing I question is the use of a daybed with a trundle. Um, because adults really don't find it that comfortable to sleep on trundles generally. In a pinch, you could put them on a trundle. I might be more inclined to do a pull-out sofa because that way, if you're hosting a couple, they can both lay side by side. Couples don't generally like to be on different levels and typically the trundle, unless it's a pop-up trundle, is going to be lower than that daybed surface. For all these reasons and several more, I would either do that sofa bed or I'm even open to a futon. As many of you listeners know, I slept on a futon for the first, uh, hmm, I don't know, 10 years of my time in New York City. And depending on the thickness of the mattress, they can truly be quite comfortable. And then it allows you to have more space in the room because, um, well, 
to get into it, but when you pull out a sofa bed, you need a lot of space in the center of the room because the long part of the bed comes out into the center generally. With a futon, the long part of the bed is against the wall, and the shallower part of the bed juts out into the space, allowing you more central space to move around, which is one of the pros of a futon. Additionally, it's going to be more affordable, and you're just renting here for a few years, so I think that might be the best solution. All right, Monica, I hope that helped, and I hope that you go back and listen to some previous episodes. I think a lot of additional answers will be unlocked for you, and Plus, you got some time now. I'm assuming you got a little bit of time. So check out those other podcasts. I hope you like them. All right, everybody. It was so good to connect with you today. If you have questions, don't hesitate to send them in. If you want to support us and become a premium member, I would be so grateful. Again, head over to affordableinteriordesign.com backslash podcast to becoming a premium member and to get so much more delicious content at this time when we're all, you know, maybe looking for a little bit more connection and content. I know I am. Until next time, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, wear your mask, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. You've asked for it, and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, You're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.